how powerful would it be if we were intentional and said, I'm going to prepare myself to give as much as I just did for my work all day. I'm going to give that much for my family today. It'll make me so much happier and them too. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. Excited for another phenomenal episode today. I've got a guest with me today, Jason Hewlett. I've just been getting to know him, introduced through a mutual friend of ours, and I'm excited for you guys to get to know him. That's for sure. Uh, he is a top-notch and world-class speaker. He's been inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. He's the author of The Promise to the One, which we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Uh, he's got a very unique presenting style. I think he's the only one in the world that does it, combining leadership principles as well as entertainment and music and comedy. So maybe we can chat a bit about how that all came about. And uh, you know, we're hearing from someone that is, again, one of the top in their in their craft. And he's done thousands and thousands of keynotes and presentations to a lot of big names that you would certainly all recognize. I was looking at a few of them, American Express, Delta Airlines, Coca-Cola, Wells Fargo, Unique, a whole a whole bunch more. And um, beyond all that, what he talks about, we were actually talking about this before the recording, but uh, he, he's a family man first and foremost. And he's married to his wife, Tammy. They've got four kids. I saw the pictures, your boys in that picture. They all look, you can tell they're brothers, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So Jason, thanks for taking some time. Good to have you today. Thanks for having me, Ben. I appreciate it that we could get this lined up, man. It's great to meet you. And I'll tell you, I've enjoyed your podcast as I've listened through. You're so well-spoken and have such great concepts, ideas. I'm honored to be a part of it here. Well, thank you very much. Much appreciated. We're going to have some fun today for sure. So why don't, why don't we start so people get to know you a little bit. Tell us about you. Tell us a bit about your story. You've been speaking for two decades now. Yeah. How, how did this all unfold? How'd you get to where you are today? A lot of people wonder how somebody becomes a professional speaker. How is that even a possibility? And really, mine came about through wanting to do that ever since I was a kid. I heard somebody speak at a school assembly when I was little, and I said, that would be a cool way to do things in the future. And then finding out that you could get paid to speak. Wow, what? (laughs) So... After my high school years, I went to uh, Brazil and I did some a mission trip for my church. And after that, I was by now I was 21. And so I, I came home and I thought, you know what? I would like to go to Las Vegas and see if I can make it as an entertainer. Wow. And that's quite a jump from going from Brazil and talking about, you know, missionary stuff to then all of a sudden being in Las Vegas and performing on the strip. But it was a a wonderful shift for me in order to discover that which I was supposed to do, which is entertain people. Mm -hmm. And I found out I could impersonate others when I was very young. And then finally uh, realizing I could make a living doing that. That is how my speaking career actually began. So I worked for Legends in Concert in Las Vegas. I was a Ricky Martin, live in La Vida Loca impersonator, and then a <laughs> Elton John impersonator. And so I did that for about a year yeah. and then put together a one-man show of way more voices than that. And that was uh, a one-man show of music, comedy, and that was family-friendly. Mm-hmm. And over a couple of years of performing that, I became very hot in the corporate market. So corporate events needed uh a family-friendly entertainer to come in and wow them at the end of a convention. Mm -hmm. And then I would do that and it was awesome. And then I 
uh, I started to think it would be so cool to share a message within this entertainment. Mm -hmm. And then eventually came up with what I now speak on, which is the promise. Mm -hmm. And here we are. I mean, now I get to not just be the after dinner entertainer anymore, as much as I get to be the opening keynote speaker to set the tone of a conference that's needing to talk more about not just the goals we set, but maybe the promises we can make and keep. It's been a fun, fun run. That's amazing. Amazing. What a transition working through all that stuff. One of the things you said um, was discovering that's what you were supposed to do. Uh, I think that as you say that you've obviously done that. I know this is part of the message you teach too. We're going to get into the promise. I am curious for everybody listening. I think there's a lot of people that think, well, I'd like to discover what I think I'm supposed to do. Um, what advice do you have for people that maybe they haven't found that for themselves yet? Great question. It comes down to a couple of things. First of all, to discover that which you were meant to do means being willing to step away perhaps from something that's a really good fit and situation for your life and for your sustenance, but that you might be able to say to yourself, have I saved enough? Have I prepared enough that I could step into the void of doing what I'm supposed to do? Mm -hmm. We discover what we're supposed to do, I think, usually when we've tried enough things to discover what we could do. Mm. <laughs> Oftentimes we may not even know what we're good at until we're in our forties mm. or fifties. And that's okay. Uh, I happened to discover it when I was young and I teach uh, what I call the ICM process, which is identify, clarify, magnify. That's how you identify your signature moves, but then you clarify it with other people who say you're really uniquely good at that. And you should do that more. That's how we magnify our promise. Mm. And so if I could give any advice to anybody listening or watching, you'd just say, yeah, do the ICM process. Identify some traits and gifts and talents and skills that you have, even some attributes you'd like to create that are aspirational. And you come up with a big list, even a list of your top 10. Then you can ask or clarify with others that you trust, uh, your family, your team workers, you know, other people that you're friends with, a mastermind, for example, that can clarify for you what you don't realize that you have that they see in you. Hmm. And that actually helps us to discover our calling. When we ask enough people, when we start to realize, oh, I, I guess I should be on a stage. I mean, it became obvious to me early on, I should be on a stage. Hmm. And that made perfect sense to me. And it made sense to other people as well. See, even in back in high school, they would they come at me now and they're like, I always knew you'd be who you've become. And I'm like, well, it would have been nice if you'd have told me, but I appreciate it. You know, like they can, they can tell <laughs> that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And so that's how I would uh, recommend anybody who's trying to figure out where am I supposed to be? What's my calling? Well, have you tried enough things? Do you have the stability to be able to say, I can walk away from a good thing to make it great. Mm. And what is a promise that may have been broken a long time ago that you can keep now? And that's an important thing to discover before it's too late. Mm. What, what do you mean by that? Tell me more about that. Just in terms of, you don't you don't want to die with the music left in you. I mean, we've heard that saying a million times, but it's true. We need to, we need to push ourselves to discover what it is for us. And for a lot of us, we're lost in Netflix and watching other people on social media live out their dreams. When we feel a calling, we might even be listening to a podcast like this and say, ooh, that resonates with me. I, I need to do something more. And it starts out perhaps as a hobby after you've done your job. 
And eventually you realize, oh, I'm actually better than, at this than my job. How can I turn this into monetary compensation? How mm. could this support my family? Yeah. And that's where the creativity comes in. But the universe also assists us because we're supposed to do it. I love that. I think that's such a great tip. Even what you said too, is started out maybe as a hobby or on the side and begin, begin taking some action on it. And then I guess to, to your point of what you said earlier as well, is just try lots of things to find out that, you know, I guess you, what you're saying is that even if you're unclear, you don't even have any direction. You probably do. The truth is you probably do. There's a lot of where, you know, where your natural talents and gifts are. Um, but start trying some stuff and, and see, I've, uh, it's funny you're talking about this. I've always known that speaking was going to be part of part of my life. I do it in the business world that I do. Um, but just recently made the decision that now it's time to start doing it for the rest of the world too. And that's how this, this whole podcast came about was the next evolution of beginning to step into that space. So, Oh, so you've just proven my point and good for you, man. I'm telling you, you are made for this. I can tell just by listening to the podcasts that I already have, you're, you're gifted. Thank you. And obviously it's, it's a gift, but it's also a skill. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be born with a gift and a talent. It's another thing to turn it into a skill that we're great at. And that's in the doing it. And so if somebody's sitting there going, well, I want to be a speaker, but I don't know what I should say or what I should do. Well, look at Ben. He goes and starts a podcast and he just starts talking. And then he realizes, oh, I've read all these great books I can reference. And mm -hmm. I have all this life experience. And then you become a speaker, which is what you're supposed to be anyway. Good for you, man. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. That's awesome. So let's let's jump into the let's jump into the book and the the concept that you teach. We have been talking about it, obviously, but uh, the power of a promise and the promise to the one. One of your one of your taglines that I saw is is why set a goal when we can make a promise. So I know we got lots we can jump into, but tell us about the concept. Where did that start for you, and then where can we take that as listeners? I don't even know really where it started, but I can say that throughout my life, I've been a great goal setter and goal getter. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm writing it down and on the new year's Eve and I couldn't even sleep. I remember it as probably my entire youth. I could not sleep. I would write in my journal, all I was going to do for the new year. Mm. And then I would crush those goals, like crush them. I was so good at that. Hmm. But then eventually I started to realize that there is a difference between a goal and a promise. Hmm. And if you set a goal and you miss it, you can just easily reset it, you know, and, but if you make a promise and break it, that that's a one and done. Hmm. That's a non-negotiable. It's a, like a sacred goal. And so that's where this concept of why set a goal and we can make a promise. It's not to say that goals aren't important. I mean, of course they are, but you know, if, if, like I said, if you set a goal and you miss it, just set another one. Right. But if you make a promise and break it, that's a one and done. So what are the, what are the promises that you say to yourself that will happen? Absolutely. It has to, mm. if I tell someone I'm going to do something, I will do it. And I, I do tell kind of the setup of a joke with it. I say, look, look at the difference between these words of a goal and a promise. A uh, man and a woman stand before a priest and about to be married. And the priest looks at the woman and says, do you promise to be faithful to this man? And she says, I do. I do. And the priest looks at the man and says, do you promise to be faithful to this woman? And he goes, well, I set a goal 
<laughs> for sure. It's just not enough. We want your promises. So how can we make great promises? Well, we have to choose very carefully what we know that we can deliver upon and then equally what we can stand behind for ourselves in, in any case. And so we don't want to be making promises that are impossible, Mm -hmm. but where we have the choice and the chance to see forth the outcome, then yes, a promise is certainly acceptable and it's something that we can make. Hmm. I love that. And do you think too, that I think, um, promise and another word we use is total commitment, I guess, similarity in it, but that promise is almost a muscle where perhaps up to this point in life, some people certainly would be thinking I've been in the habit of breaking promises, but it's a muscle that you develop. Would you agree with that? Oh man, that's very well said. I, yes, I do. I agree with that a hundred percent. And it really becomes more of a behavior, a habit, a ritual, part of your DNA, there are things that you uh, as a listener are thinking to yourselves, I have promised myself I would do that. And I have, mm-hmm. and I would, I would make sure everything else doesn't happen uh, before I break that promise to me, <laughs> you know? And so there are people out there that are listening that are like, yeah, I've done that. And others that might be saying, man, I break a lot of promises to myself and it, filters out into all the people that matter to me. Mm. And so if today we can just say, I'm going to make one promise to the one and the one is yourself Mm -hmm. and say, what is that one thing I can do? For example, I'll give you one that's completely topical for today. Mm -hmm. My friend, Mm -hmm. it just snowed at least six inches outside of my house. When I woke up, I couldn't fall asleep because we had some family stuff last night until about 3 AM. I was up Mm. But when that alarm went off at 6 a.m., the promise says, I have to wake up. I mean, you could snooze, but then you lose. And so I jumped up after three hours of sleep. Now, yes, I broke the promise of not getting enough rest, Hmm. but I couldn't break the promise to my family to have the cars cleared off and the driveway shoveled and for them to be able to move on with their day and go to school. And then I have a neighbor next door who hurt his shoulder. So I promised him that I would cover or clear off his driveway every time it snows Mm. and the snowblower didn't work today. So it was a shovel day. (laughs) Took me three hours, man. And then I jumped on this call. Wow. So here we are. I'm just telling you that's a promise, but imagine if I'd have broken it. Mm. A lot of people would have been out. And so sometimes a promise needs to have the accountability of a partner, somebody that's waiting for us. Then we say, oh, I have to be there. That's keeping a promise. Hmm. Yeah. Power of the promise to the one. And I know you were listening, everybody, but just make sure you cut the one is you to keep that promise to yourself. And I think that what Jason's teaching too, is that when we do start to do this, I know I've experienced it in my own life, as I'm sure many of you have, but when we really do start to keep these promises, if perhaps we haven't been, there's a personal strength and power that comes along with it and confidence that begins to grow. Um, that ultimately confidence really is built from the promises we're keeping or, or not keeping or destroyed, I suppose, in a way. But I think we can make the shift anytime, any point. So I think what you're saying too is start with today. What's the promise of today? Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What's one thing that you could promise yourself and you say, I will absolutely do that. And then other things that you can stack up goals if you want from there. That's totally great to meet your promises. 
but the promise is something that is overarching. It's all encompassing and the goals might be the steps to get there. Mm. And that could, that could very easily be something like, you know, I got three hours of sleep last night. Then I did a three hours of physical labor before a zoom, uh, you know, podcast meeting with my man, Ben. Mm -hmm. And so what am I going to do? I'll have a full day. I'm, I'm going to, I promise to be energetic Mm. and to be joyful, even if I'm exhausted, but I'm bringing it, you know? Mm. And so that's my promise today. What's the listener's promise? What's your promise? You've got it. Amazing. I love that. How does that play into as well as you start to expand? You're starting with the daily promise. And then I'm assuming too, that there is something I'm going to do this with my life as an example of kind of a, a more major promise that you know, a goal where a goal often you may have a deadline. I mean, some of these things, you don't know exactly when you're going to hit it, but the promise is this is going to happen for me. Talk to us about that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I like to call it a promise proclamation. Okay. And it becomes the way that we exist from now on. Mm. And so whether that's, you know, having joy in business or in life itself, that's become one of my proclamations is to say, I am here to spread joy. Hmm. And so I'm going to do that in every email with every podcast interview. I'm going to do that with a phone call or coaching client. I'm going to do that. Even when I get to the event, I've spoken with the event planner multiple times. I'm ready to be a keynote speaker in front of 10,000 people and they didn't get the specs right for my computer and the screen so that I can show my PowerPoint. Mm. I'm still going to spread joy in those moments because that's part of my promise. I'm not going to be disagreeable. I'm not going to be grouchy, even if it's not going my way. And so, yeah, as we practice those little things each day, those little promises to ourselves say, I'm going to spread joy with my kids today because maybe I've been real, giving it all to the audience and all to the client and all to everyone I serve. Hmm. Then I come home and what's left of me, I'm going to just, just be sedentary here. Or I could make a promise to say, I'm going to give as much to my family as I did to my clients today. Hmm. That's a, that's a big shift for a lot of people. And that would change your relationship with your family quick. I know it has for mine when I've lived that way, instead of just, you know, saying, I'm going to try this for a little bit. I say, I'm going to try it today. Let's see how it goes. And wow, that becomes a behavior and a promise I have to keep from now on. I think that's such a beautiful thing that you said. I'm going to give as much to my family as I did to my, my clients today or your job today or whatever. And, uh, I can, I can feel that resonating for, there was a period of time that I found that I wasn't doing that. And I have two kids. I don't, I didn't tell you about two girls and, and my wife, of course, Tiffany. And, uh, I had this sign that I put. So I work in my home office downstairs and the door between the basement and upstairs, I had this sign is what kind of, what kind of family man do you want to be? Who do you want to be for your wife? Who do you want to be for your, your kids? And so before I walked through the door, it gave me a trigger of bring it, right? I'll bring it to the meeting, better bring it to them. So I, I can relate to that. (laughs) Man, that is a great example. When did you do that? And what triggered putting that up there? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. It was good coaching. I was a good friend of mine that was coaching me, Tiffany, Julie, and and we were talking about that. And I felt like I wasn't delivering in the best way that I could uh, as a husband and dad. And, um, And so we talked about it. I don't know who suggested it, but that's, that's what triggered it. 
Well, thanks for letting me ask you that. I know you're the interviewer here, but I'll tell you what you just taught was the principle of the promise of awareness hmm. of self-assessment. The, that's what that's the best way to make and keep a promise. Maybe we wake up in the morning and we write in our journal or we're smart enough to hire a coach or even to have somebody as a therapist. Those types of things can help us to make what the promises that would be best for us and for our families. But the fact that you were aware enough to worry about it, to have a coach help you with it. And then you put into action exactly what needed to take place. Mm. And I love that action of your commute essentially from the basement to upstairs became this moment of triggering the reminder. A lot of our promises are not kept because we forget them. Right. And so if we forgot we made a promise, how can we keep it? Mm. And when you have a trigger like that, that's so awesome. So if our listeners here today are saying to themselves, well, I have a commute. I have to drive home. I don't have a cool poster that I could put up between the stairwell. Well, what if you made your commute the transformation from work Superman to at home dad Superman, Hmm. you know? That could be the, that could be the space. And if we're only listening to things like news radio that bring us down mm-hmm. or, or whatever else uh, as we drive, how powerful would it be if we were intentional and said, I'm going to prepare myself to give as much as I just did for my work all day. I'm going to give that much for my family today. It'll make me so much happier and them too. What music do we need to listen to to get into that mindset? What podcast could we listen to that could help us get there? Maybe it's even stopping off and doing a quick 20 minute, you know, a bench press muscle press. So you're just like, I'm going to go home be Superman, you know? And it's not, it's not to be fake. It's to step into our greatest level of authenticity is keeping our promises. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love the way you said that. One of the things you said earlier um, that just reminded me of what you said uh, was the idea that when you choose to bring that to those relationships, the relationships transform. So when you're bringing that level of you, that, you know, that, that caliber of, of you as a husband, as a father, as a, a mother, as a wife, or whatever, whatever relationship we're talking about, is um, it transforms a relationship. And I think so often, because we do at times, we can fall into a bit of a victim mentality that it's, you know, it's my wife's fault or it's my, whatever, you're blaming the economy. It doesn't really matter that when you start to give, it changes the relationship rather than thinking that the relationship must, this person must change. Instead, what you're saying, Jason, is no, 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 I'm going to change. I'm going to bring a new me. And the experience is that alters the relationship. Yeah, well said, man. And, you know, when it comes to setting a goal to be a better dad, I think a lot of our listeners here are maybe sitting there kicking themselves saying, oh, I don't know how to do it. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know when to implement it because it'll be weird because I've never done that or been there. Well, I know that when I set a goal to be a better dad, it wasn't until I made a promise to be the kind of dad any kid would want to have that my relationship changed with them. Mm. And so what kind of dad would any kid want to have? How can we create that of ourselves? Mm. You were given the gift of the child already. So you're already entrusted with it from a divine source. Mm. So how can we spread our own divinity in order to help them 
find their own personal mastery as a child because those become our greatest teachers and our greatest relationships. But if we break that promise to only bring our partial selves because we're exhausted from a day of work, when the whole purpose of working was to provide for the people that we love the most, Mm. what are we doing with our lives? Mm. And so making that promise to say, I will show up. I am here. I'm hashtag be present. (laughs) And then it will be a greater way to live. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And uh, I know you've talked multiple times throughout the call today, just on uh, journal writing in a journal. And I, I, it's been such a, a blessing in my life to have learned that, that habit, have developed that habit, I suppose. But the power of questions, even with what you said, was, you know, what kind of dad would any kid want to have? And then we think about those characteristics and those attributes and then show up that way. It, uh, it's amazing, amazing. We all have the gift, the ability of the ability to imagine something. And so doesn't matter how we've acted up to this point. Doesn't matter who we've been up to this point. That's in the past, anyways. But yes, who do, who do I want to be? That's right. Yeah, and we can write that down in the journal at the beginning of the day. Mm. We can say, "This is what I am. Yeah. I am this level of father or mother or friend or coworker. You can choose, but in the journal, write it out. This is what I'm doing today. This is who I will be. At the end of the day, that's when we." reassess and you'll find places where you succeeded. And that's what we write in the journal the next morning. But at, at night, that's when we can self-assess what happened during that day. And we go, Oh, I failed at this and that and that. Well, now we make a new promise to not let that happen tomorrow. Or if something has to happen, we open the lines of communication so that everybody understands and we're not breaking that promise to anybody. Mm, Incredible. It's, I'm so glad we got connected. It's it, uh, so in sync. It's phenomenal. I literally designed a journal recently uh, that's just, just started to be available to the public now. But one of the starting questions at the start of your day is, who do I want to be today? And that's where you start to write down, who am I going to be? And then at the end of the day, we talk about, you know, what were the successes? What were you proud of? And what did you learn? And these become opportunities for growth. So Incredible. <laughs> yeah, I love it. If somebody will put in that kind of work, your life is going to get better. Yeah. It's This is not just self-help mumbo jumbo. It's not just some motivational whatever. This is powerful life-changing mm-hmm. stuff that creates a great legacy mm-hmm. and is then generationally, exponentially essential to the survival and joy of the people that come behind us because we've put in the work now mm-hmm. and we're creating the foundation for what can be for the future of our family. It's a very important thing. I'm really impressed that you've got that put together. Good for you. I Thank need to get one. You. Thank you. I'll send you one. I'll get <laughs> okay. you. I'll send you one hundred um, percent. Yeah, it's so good. And I think that a journal, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but I think that a journal, everybody, if, if you're not doing it, it's so powerful. It's almost like it opens the tap to that inner guidance, that that knowing that we have, all of us have inside of us, uh, that there is that divine spark within all of us. And there's a lot of guidance we can tune into. Um, and, and I feel like journaling is just a great way to do it. Get out of your head, get it on paper, provides a lot of clarity. So anyways. I'm with you, man. The journal has transformed my life. And uh, it's my 
probably my best friend. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I wrote the promise to the one and the very beginning of the whole book is about journaling. Wow. And so, yeah, it's just like a lot of people have said, where's the promise journal? And eventually that'll be a thing. Yeah. But yeah. at this point, it's just like, well, here, I give you some tips as to what to write and how to start and what, what you should be doing in a journal. But I'll tell you, those people that journal, you can tell because they have a whole different level of clarity for their existence. Yeah, it, it's amazing. That's for sure. Um, we've talked about, and I think the question is probably similar, but we've talked about, you know, being a better dad or being a better mom or a better parent or whatever relationship you're working on. And I suppose it is the same, but in strengthening our families, um, you know, of course, a big foundation of that is is the marriage. It's the, you know, the the mom and dad or however the relationship is. So what would you say in terms of being a better spouse? What are some ideas that maybe have worked well for you and people that you've coached that, uh, that we can bring to our, our relationship that way? Yeah. In terms of being a, a better spouse, or I mean, obviously I'm no doctor, but I have been married now for 21 and a half years mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And I love, I love my beautiful wife. She's incredible, far my superior. I'll tell you that. But uh, as far as doing my best, uh, being cognizant to their needs, hmm. but also anticipating their wants has been a profound thing for me to say that I can, I can, I can help her by, by listening, but that she can also help me by listening. Hmm. And when we communicate those types of things, when we sit down and we say, let's talk through the finances, let's talk through uh, the issues with the children and they're being late for school or whatever it might be. Can we get through those conversations and how can we have crucial conversations every day Hmm. and rather than shove them aside? I also feel the power of courting the person that we love, whether that's bringing a flower on a Monday not because it's an anniversary or a holiday. It's just Monday. Mm. And whether it's leaving a love letter or sending a text to say, thank you for this meal that you made before you went out with your friends for the night, those types of things that seem small matter. And in the acknowledgement in the, you know, of uh, the way that the way that we look at our children and we say, gosh, I sure hope they turn out. Well, really, I believe that, Uh, the way that I treat my wife is going to help them figure out what life should be about in terms of relationships. And so I hope that they notice that. And I'm not saying I do it perfectly well, but I do know that I work at it every single day as if I have to win her over again and again and again, because I want to. That's amazing, man. It's amazing hearing you talk about that. I can tell it's something that you're passionate about. I can tell it's something you constantly work on and um, it's inspiring as you're, you're, you triggered some things in me that I haven't been doing for a while. I'm going to step my husband game up for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we had, a, I had a guest on probably a month ago, three, four weeks ago, uh, Di Manuel. And one of the things he, he, uh, he shared a story with us on the podcast about the turning point where his wife came to him and said, um, listen, what, what would co-parenting look like? And, and, and then there was a big turning point and she asked a question to him. He said, are you being the kind of man that you want your daughters to marry? And that changed his whole life. 
And then since, since that point, when he, when you said courting the person we love, it's interesting. It was really back to back, but he said, I've been dating my wife for whatever the amount of years was. And, uh, I just think it's awesome. I think it's so awesome. Hey, thanks. That's wonderful. And I, I need to listen to that interview, but I'll, I'll tell you that whole concept of dating your wife, mm. but then even more so acting as if you're not married yet. Uh, to me, that's kind of an interesting thought mm. just to say to myself, am I physically still working out enough to, you know, still to still make her want me? I mean, mm. I know that kind of sounds odd, but to me, I'm thinking, and she accepts me as I am and my dad bod and the way that I've become and gray hair and all the things. And, and she still accepts me, loves me. And I am so grateful for that, but I equally work as if I'm still trying to get her. I'm still trying to let her know how much I love her. And that means if like last night she left and went with her friends for a few hours. So she made us a nice meal before she left. What an incredible thing. Every child sent a text saying, thank you, mom, for the nice meal. Wow. And I thought, oh, I'm glad they did that. And uh, I'm hopeful they learned that just from, you know, watching somebody else do it. But then the whole house was cleaned as well before she got home. It wasn't like she made the meal left and came back to the mess. Mm. The mess was clean by the dad and the children. Mm. And she came in and said, oh, my gosh, of course, the house is clean. In her understanding of how I am, it's that she knows I want to serve her. I want to adore her and give her less to have to worry about. And that made for, you know, for a pleasant experience from, from her to be saying, thank you so much for doing what you do, but you always do that. And so in that sense, Ben, I guess I'm doing that okay. Yeah. And so working on it. You're doing a great job, man. It's, it's, it's an inspirational conversation to have. I know for myself, just me personally, it has me reflecting on where I want to level up and uh, bring, bring more of me to my marriage and to my relationship. So thank you. And I feel like this topic is such a wonderful one that uh, it, interestingly enough, it doesn't get talked a lot about in personal development. There's a lot about goals. There's a lot about, you know, habits and all of that. And this, of course, this is a habit we're developing. Um, but what a wonderful thing to be sharing the message. So thank you. I have one last question for you on family. Uh, you're successful. You've been successful for a long time. Uh, I imagine at times your calendar is quite busy with things to do and places to go and calls to be on and things to prepare. And I want to know from you, I know how I answer the question, um, but I'm curious when people talk to you about, you know, being successful career-wise, business-wise and balancing having a family and uh, being a dad and being a husband, what advice do you have for people on how you can still be very business and career driven and successful and creating a great family life? Cool question. I would say having great boundaries for yourself, for your business, because if you are driven and an entrepreneur, you're probably also tendency to be a workaholic mm -hmm. because you love the work. <laughs> and so, you know, then your family falls behind a little bit. Now I have those tendencies as well. And so I've just had to put in place some parameters that make it so that I don't slip too far. Hmm. In other words, I will, I will help the kids get ready for school and get them off to school every single morning. 
and then I go start my day. We're not scheduling podcasts at six in the morning because that's when I have something with them. And we try to keep things within work hours as much as we possibly can. When we work from home and all of a sudden the lines are blurred between work and family life and all of those types of things, then to have a squared off space is helpful. To have curtains on a door, if if somebody's watching this podcast, they would see there are curtains on my door behind me. And that means I am working if that door is closed. Mm. And that also means that the kids know that I'm available absolutely via text or whatever else that says, hey, we need you out here or they can come and get me. That's fine. But they also know that I have to put the work in. And unfortunately, we we don't set those boundaries in a lot of cases with our with our family and to protect the work time. Mm. But then when it comes to how do we make it so that we're successful in a family? Well, I mean, in in my estimation, I bring them along with the work. And so if I have a gig in Florida and I live across the country, I give myself every opportunity or reason or excuse to bring the kids, Mm. to bring my wife, to include them. The kids film me all the time. A lot of my social media presence you'll see is stuff about my family and things that we do together. So making sure that if you're an entrepreneur, you work the hours you should work, but then you have an actual time that you say, yes, I am now with my family. I am now focusing on them a hundred percent. And I mean, essentially every single night that I'm home, I am here and I'm available and I'm ready to roll. If they want to go play basketball and let's shoot or let's go, um, you know, take them to lacrosse lessons or to golf or to ride the motorcycles. I mean, whatever they want to do, I'm available for them. And they know that and they expect that. And that's fun for me as a dad. Incredible. Great, great tips. I think that setting boundaries is probably more important today um, than ever before with a lot of people that are working from home uh, since the pandemic and creating that space and schedule is a powerful thing and sticking to it is another powerful thing. So this has been amazing, man. So incredible. As as we come to a close for today, um, there's a lot, a lot we've talked about uh, starting with the small promise, what am I going to promise to myself today? What's the one thing that no matter what I'm going to do today to family tips, to strengthen our marriage, our how we are as parents, everything. If you were to leave anything else with our audience today, if there was one more thing you wanted them walking away from, or if for whatever reason, it was the only thing they could walk away from with this, what would you want to leave them with? Oh, I just... I'd probably say, forgive yourself. Hmm. If you're sitting there listening to this and going, oh man, that's just too high level. I've, I've broken too many promises. Well then just start small, start with something very simple and forgive yourself when you fail. It's okay to fail. That's why we're here on earth. It's the human condition and to have our agency and to be able to fall. I mean, that's how it all started with Adam and Eve. (laughs) It started a fall. Then there's a redemption. There's an atonement. And so I I hope that your listeners will think to themselves, okay, if I fail, I can get back up. I can make a new promise. I can keep promises to me. And that will in turn 
lead to promises to my family, to my clients, to everybody that I work with. And so I would hope that as your listeners are considering what promises should I make and should I even possibly put to the side and say, I'm done with those promises. And those are just things that now are either good habits or things I don't need to do anymore. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the right promises for you, even something as simple as saying, I'm just going to get up when the alarm sounds instead of hitting snooze. Mm-hmm. That's a simple promise. Write down in your journal how you did. Keep track. After a few days, you're eventually going to turn it into a habit. I don't know if it's 21 days or 64 or all the numbers they give us. Mm -hmm. But just keep trying. Forgive yourself and set a new promise and you'll keep it. What a powerful lesson. I'm so thankful that you talked about that because it uh, definitely can. Even if we're starting out and then we don't keep it and now we're beating ourselves up. But that forgiveness is uh is incredible thank you jason i'm so happy that we got connected your message is thoughtful it's inspiring um i feel like although i don't know you super well i feel like i actually do know you pretty well uh just in the way you carry yourself and the energy that you bring to the service you're bringing uh to all of us and it's amazing it uh it really is inspiring thanks for everything you're doing it's awesome. Humbled, my friend. Thank you for your kindness and uh, for your professionalism making this happen. I'm thrilled to be a part of it and just honored to be on this podcast. So thanks, Ben, for your good work, man. Thank you. Where can people find you on social media? Um, where can they connect with you? I play on all the platforms, but I prefer LinkedIn. And uh, so LinkedIn's the best spot, but I post fun stuff everywhere, even try and TikTok, you know, Okay, good for you. <laughs> but doing Instagram, Facebook, all of those things. And that's been, uh, that's been a fun thing. So, yeah. And uh, I'd love to connect with your, your folks on LinkedIn. Let them, let them know that you heard me here and we'll be good pals. Cause we'll already know what's been said. Amazing. I love that. Well, connect with Jason as you're sharing the episode, make sure to tag Jason, tag myself. If you're new to the show, please click subscribe. We'd love to have you leave us a review. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. We want to bring you the best of the best. And Jason is uh, nothing short of that. So I'm glad that uh, we could be sharing him with all of you today. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon.